Today on the Zabecast, whoa, 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 the Gronk is back. Just like that, Brady has his buddy in Tampa. Now, will they suck or be a glorious one-year renewal? Andy Poland joins me. We talk skins, trade leverage, and the looming tech fiasco on Thursday. That plus last dance. All that, and how do you spell canceled? Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Behold, Simi. Behold, Simi. Real life. A thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, fuck you! Yes! Yes! Fuck you, too! Yes, indeed. Day 42 of No Sports Mageddon Apocalypse. We will get through it by spit, grit, determination, and sheer mental focus. Speaking of, hey, fuck you, let's start with the big fuck you to Georgie Stephanopoulos. That's right, himself having a COVID-19 positive test, spotted outdoors walking in the Hamptons with his mask around his neck while talking on the phone. Another one, people. Just like Fredo Cuomo, who supposedly came out of his basement for the first time in 14 days, and they played it up on CNN, and they literally just want to ignore the fact he was out the day after Easter while he had already been tested positive on a bicycle and got into an argument with a dude who's like, hey, I thought you are supposed to be quarantining right now. This is what they think of the rest of us. This is our Northeast media elites. Hell, it's everybody that considers themselves an elite. Like, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, the Scottish health secretary who had to resign because she had gone to her country home on back-to-back weekends. The mayor of Chicago who got a haircut despite the so-called rules against getting haircuts. A doctor in Wisconsin has apparently been suspended because somebody took a photo of him at the rally last weekend to open Wisconsin. Hell, he should have worn a face mask. Actually, that's the one good thing about this right now is that normal law-abiding citizens can wear face masks and uh, get some anonymity back. Someone pointed out, you know, with uh, facial recognition software getting so frighteningly Orwellianly good, and boy, you should see what they use in China. The face mask thing now, you know, this might be an opportunity in which people going forward, even after this current pandemic has subsided, to say, I want to wear a face mask 24-7 when I'm out and about. It makes me feel better. And you know what? Fuck you. You can't take my facial recognition anyway. I'm just saying that'll be an interesting legal battle. But yeah, George Stephanopoulos, fuck off, you little prick. Uh, Chargers uniforms are awesome, aren't they? Everyone seems to like them. I only have one small gripe, and that is the numbers on the helmet, which I'm not opposed to, I think overcompete for an iconic, simple Bolt logo. I don't mind numbers if they're up on the front, on the brow, you know, above the hairline, so to speak, or above the eye line. I just don't know if they work in the middle of the helmet. Now, it's a throwback to, I think, the way they used to be many years ago, but uh, different, you know, they've got three different colors of blue. They've got the powder blue, they've got a dark navy blue, and they have a royal blue in between. And I'm a huge fan of blue. 
That's my power color, and I love all those different shades. Um, but the numbers, that's my only small gripe. Most people actually love them. All the uniform redesigns this year, all the tweaks have been really good. From the Buccaneers to the Browns to the Colts to now the Chargers, it's all trending in the right direction, so that's good. Hey, speaking, let me jump back to this uh, some COVID-related stuff, then we'll get to Andy Poland in just a second. So these drones that are on loan from China to uh, bark at us to maintain social distancing. I was thinking, God, I'd love to take my drone and run it on a kamikaze mission to take out one of the police drones. How great would that be? Now, of course, even talking about this right now, the authorities could... Winston, I understand you're thinking of thought crimes against the state. Part of the problem is in New York, where these drones were spotted, in other municipal areas, they're likely flying in areas that have been geofenced off to us civilians. They probably have software on their drones that allow them to fly in otherwise restricted spaces. So that could be a problem. But the other thing is if I did crash into them, my my craft would be gone. They would likely collect the remains unless I crashed it over the water and it sunk to the bottom. They might go as far as to dredge it out and try to identify it. I did have to register my drone with the government. Although, did I do it with this one? I did it with my old one. I don't know. I don't know about this one. Anyway, if not crash into it, maybe I could just buzz it. Maybe I could just fly right next to it. Hey, what you doing? Yelling at the citizenry? All right, cool. I'm taking some video. What? I'm not allowed to be here? Could they, I mean, I guess they could arrest me for interfering with an official police drone. But, I mean, I could be as far as a mile away and just looking at my viewfinder sitting in a car somewhere and bam! I could claim that I was not trying to hit them. I could claim that the police ran into me. Hey, you scratched my anchor. Could the authorities prove that I was operating it? I'm not sure I really want to test all all this, but part of me just fantasizes on fucking drones. Love to take one of them out. And you know what? Maybe a bunch of us that have drones would say, you know, enough of this shit. We're going to, we're going to swarm up in the sky and we're taking out police drones. Kamikaze mission. Oh, yeah, one more thing. de Blasio's snitch line in New York City where he filmed the promo. Hey, if you know anyone violating these social distancing laws, let us know. Has been filled with Hitler, Hitler memes and dick pics. Just what I wanted to hear. All right, let's talk some sports. Andy Poland is our guest today. Let's see what's shaking. Hello, Andy Poland. How we doing today, buddy? Well, I'm uh, sitting here watching all this coverage of Rob Gronkowski getting traded to Tampa. It seems to be even bigger than Tom Brady signing with the Bucks. Well, uh, he's the lovable Gronk. I mean, and we had kind of known for a while that Brady still wanted to play football. Gronk, I thought everyone assumed was safely retired. Not so. Yeah. 
It, um, you know what it smacks of initially? Uh, maybe it's not the same thing, but you remember when uh, Carl Malone and Gary Payton joined Kobe and Shaq with yes. the Lakers? Yes. And they got to the finals, but I guess they didn't win it that year. No, they got they got trounced by the Pistons, by the starless Pistons, which to my recollection is the last true starless NBA champion. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right about that. That was the Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace Pistons, Chauncey Billups. I mean, they're relative stars, but, I mean, they ran into a supposedly loaded Laker team with two ride-alongs in Carl Malone and Gary Payton, and they just got humiliated. Yeah, two guys, yeah. So here's my big takeaway on this with Gronk, and you may not agree with it, but I'm going to go there anyway because this is what I do. Once again... All of the high-priced NFL reporting pundits, all of the King's men with their cell phones on next to their head at night while sleeping, Andy, the Adam Schefters, the Jay Glazers, the Chris Mortensons, the Ian Rappaports, etc., had no idea about this one. Nothing. This thing popped up like a thunderstorm at about 4 o'clock on Tuesday and was done by 5.15. Great okay. reporting. Great reporting, guys. You're not as good as you think you are with your finger on the pulse of the league. Nobody was saying, hey, I hear Gronk is thinking about a comeback. Nobody is saying, hey, don't be surprised if this thing gets talked about. Nobody, Andy! All right. Well, uh, to, to Schefter's credit, he did tweet out something that was sent to him like March 8th from somebody who was speculating that this might happen or hearing. hearing oh, Schefter had something March 8th? No, but he, he put out something <laughs> with a tweet today. Well, look, these guys are pretty darn good. No, no, they're not, Andy. That's the problem. They're the most overrated entities in sports media. They get fed stuff by agents for a reason. They are information carriers more than they are great investigative reporters. You want a good investigative reporter, show me Don Van Natta at ESPN. That, that's a different deal. And yes. I love, I love Don Van Natta. I think he's a great reporter, but... He has months and months to work out a story. These guys are reporting on the fly. Look, give Schefter some credit. Last October, he goes, Tom Brady's house is for sale. Uh, I'm not saying he's definitely leaving, but I think that there's a chance that's going to happen. A lot of people go, oh, Tom Brady, he's a patriot for life. What are you talking about? So, you know, he was on top of some of this. That said, how do you think it's going to work? Uh, probably not as well <laughs> as the excitement is, is bearing right now, because you, you know, you, you got a, a Tom Brady whose skills are diminishing to some degree. Uh, and Gronkowski who is, you know, been really beat up, spent a year out of football. I mean, who's to say he's going to come back. You know, Jason Witten was pretty good this year, right? I mean, he wasn't terrible, but mm. I don't... yeah, he, he had numbers, but I don't think he made much of an impact. Yeah, I mean, they, they were not, you know, great. It wasn't an embarrassment, him. that's for sure. You know, Gronk shed a lot of weight. Yeah. And you could yeah. see it in him. Now, can he play at that new weight? Don't know. Maybe he'll be better at that weight, given, you know, the damage to his body and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Alan Page, who was with the Minnesota Vikings, one of the purple people eaters, uh, late in his career, decided to shed a bunch of weight. And the Vikings didn't like it, so they caught him. 
And he wound up signing with the Bears and played like four more years and played pretty well. Alan Page, defensive end, who would go on to become a Minnesota State Supreme Court justice. That's that's the one, you know. Yeah, how about and, that, uh, huh? And he was he was pretty good with with the Bears. So, you know, I I, I don't think that there's great value in being heavy uh, in in any sport. And I think that uh, as you get older, you might want to shed well, a little bit of weight. And well, I it think, might help them. I think linemen have to be heavy. They have mm-hmm. to be strong. And they have to be nimble, but they, but no offensive linemen, Andy, have to be heavy because yeah, they ha- but, they need anchor weight to not get pushed around. But Page was a defensive end and, right. and played at the end of his career yeah. probably 30, 40 pounds lighter than when he was in his prime. Yeah, defensive ends can definitely be lighter. So who do you think will sell more jerseys, Brady or Gronk? Oh, Brady. Okay. On. All I mean, right. Yeah. Just but, checking. Uh, who, what about the uh, what about the WWE? What, is, is is he now the reigning champion? He no, he's he he has the twenty four seven belt, which means you have to defend your title anywhere. You get jumped in a grocery store and have to fight for it. It's a joke belt that is often given to celebrities and non wrestlers. They're uh-huh. not going to miss Gronk at the WWE. Suffice okay. to say. By the way, did you see the story about Oliver Luck is suing Vince McMahon? We'll get to that in just a yeah. second, but two more things on the Gronk to Tampa front. Uh-huh. Richard Vitale's weighed in, Andy. Here we go. Oh, yeah, God. Tell me this is true. I can't believe this. I'm getting buzzed here. All of a sudden, I was relaxing. I'm getting all these buzzing sounds. Gronkowski to the Bucks? Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Brady to Gronkowski? They're shocking the world, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They are for real, man. Oh, I hope we can play football this year. I can't wait. My season tickets, man. Their words are, I'm so excited. Are you kidding me? I'm jumping in. <laughs> he jumps in his pool, although not very – he barely steps into his pool. He should have really dove in at the end, for God's sakes. He's 80 years old. Uh, yeah. God bless oh, him, right? Yeah, God gets in. Uh, he, he, um, you know, first of all, that's the first I've heard he's he's a season ticket holder to the Bucks. Now he has been spotted at, at Tampa Ray, Tampa yeah. Bay Ray games, right? Uh, but but he I, I, is a shameless front runner, Richard yeah. Vitale. Yeah, I, I'd like to see proof of those tickets. How many games has he yeah. been to? Over the last 15 years. The the other thing is that, you know, they traded Gronk. It was Gronk plus a seventh for a fourth in return. And a lot of people are like, really? That's all you got for him? You would think that Belichick and the Pats would say, oh, you really want to come back and play. This is one last chance to ride with your buddy Brady. Uh, surely we can pry a third, a naked third, or something else out of Tampa. Instead, they're like, here, have him. He's a retired a wrestler will take whatever. And so basically they just move up three rounds from seven to four. Yeah, it, it is It is kind of surprising. But he only wanted to go to one team, so they didn't have a lot of True. leverage in dealing him. And uh, and maybe there is something in Belichick that says, eh, okay, he was a good soldier for me. This is what he wants to do. Uh, yeah. Let's give him this wish. And I think the Patriots are more realistic on what you can get in a trade, and they always trade quick, not slow. And that should have been a lesson for the Redskins, who are still holding on to Trent Williams as the clock is tick, 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 ticking to the draft, where they just don't like the prices they're getting back for him. I think they've botched this, Andy. Oh, they botched it last year. This is is Bruce Allen mess left behind. They could have gotten a first-rounder for him last year. As soon as he didn't show up for minicamp, boom, get rid of him. And that's the one thing 
so far, and it's you know not a huge sample size, but Ron Rivera does seem to play the game that way. Don't want to be here. Goodbye. Right. You know. So I think that that that's where they so really screwed up. What are they? What, what would what would be such low compensation in the next couple of days for you as a Redskin fan, where you would say, "Oh my God, we gave him away for that." What number round? What round? Give me give me your trade option that you'd say, "Oh my God, we got ripped off for Trent." Four. Uh, not not. A lone fourth. A lone yeah. fourth would be you'd be like, "Jesus, we got robbed." Yeah, he's got one year left on his deal, and he's had injuries. the The last time he played sixteen games was two thousand thirteen, and wow, that's uh, quite a stat. Of course, he's fresh. He's a year off recovering. Yeah, Most... <laughs> you know, and, and, and Scott McLuhan was on with uh, Sheehan. Kevin Sheehan, yeah, yet, and he said, uh, you know, he'd be a first round pick if he's he, coming out this year. He's, compared no, to he said White, he said he'd be know. the best tackle in the draft this year. Yeah. I to mean, which I said, oh, Scott's been drinking again. Damn it. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go there, but I said you did. <laughs> Sorry. That, yeah. that is, like, to me, if I was an NFL owner, I'd say, okay, cross McLuhan off the list. He's not he's not <laughs> capable of understanding. Like, it's one thing to say things just to get a rise in a media situation. You don't compare a rookie who could be looking at a 10-year stretch versus a veteran who's been injured, has a chunk out of his head due to cancer, and is going to play three more years max at a high salary. That's Mm -hmm. not even a comparison. He'd be the number one pick at left tackle, or he'd be the the best left tackle in the draft. Get out of here. Yeah, and and any team that that trades for him is going to have to give him a contract extension. Otherwise, he's right. going to be a big pouting baby for a year. Exactly. So that having been said, we're coming up to it. This will be the last time you and I talk before the Redskins pick whoever they're going to pick at number two. Uh, Nick Saban said today that teams that pass on Tua Tungavailoa will regret it, quote unquote, and compared it to when he was the coach of the Dolphins and the Dolphins medical staff failed Drew Brees' physical because of his injured shoulder. And the rest is history. Do you take the words of one Nick Saban seriously? I would listen, but I would go for the sure thing. Um, I, I don't, you know, given the fact that he's not just the hip injury, but the two ankle injuries, uh, he, I think he broke his hand or his wrist in the camp one year. So I, I, I would play it safe on this. If I was another team, and was playing a little bit of house money. I might, I might do it. But if I'm the Redskins, I'm going with Chase Young. I don't think Miami can pass him up at five. They apparently will. I, I, you know, Mel Kuyper's been saying this for two weeks that that they're not going to do it. That he's going to slide down to the Chargers at six. Why? Because you know, he, and and this is not Mel's analysis of watching the tape. It's who he talks to, and he talks to a lot of different people. And that's the vibe that he's getting. He's the one that said Daniel Jones was going to be the first quarterback drafted last year. And a lot of people poo-pooed that. What happened? Jones went first quarterback. Miami has three picks in the first round. And I think they've got – I mean, I got to look up Miami's Hall of Draft picks. What's the worst thing that could happen if you draft Tua at five and he turns out to be a bust? You threw away a first-round pick. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If two is great, your franchise has changed for a decade or more. No question. Yeah, that's 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 what I agree. I mean, I, I, I would you can't that. pass him up. 
Right. Well, look, look at the look at what everybody was saying going into the season. Oh, Miami's tanking for Tua. Well, look at this. Look what they're doing. They're, they're tanking right. for Tua. Right. And, and they and might now. get him. They might have a chance to get him at five, and they might pass on him at five. Right. Which, wow, would that be something? Now, uh, the Skins are at two. Detroit and the Giants are three, four. Uh, they both have incumbent quarterbacks they kind of like. If you're the Giants, you better believe, Gettleman better believe in old Daniel Jones, who had a nice couple early games and then started to stink after that. Yeah, but that's that's all part of the the rookie learning curve. I, I think I think that they they like him. I think he showed enough flashes that it looks like he's going to be good. And he also worked with uh, David Cutcliffe at Duke, who's the uh, you know the quarterback whisperer. He worked with the Mannings and. Uh, so I think I think they have confidence yeah. in him. By the way, if uh, two is good, and the skins don't work out with Haskins, if the Giants doesn't work out with Daniel Jones, and if the Dolphins pass on him, and if Tua is really good, like this could be Deshaun Watson all over again. Yeah, that could. This that could. could be but- Big Ben being taken at thirteen. I think it was. Mm-hmm. This would uh, this will be a clown suit factory for all these teams that got scurred of a medical report about a player who was coming off a serious injury. I mean, to to me, there has to be some faith in modern medicine, rehab, the ability of this young man to focus on becoming stronger and better. Shit, I'm almost talking myself into the Redskins taking him right now. Well, how, how about Marino? Marino, a four year starter at Pitt who looked great, and then there was a rumor that he was using cocaine, and he <laughs> fell all the way to 27. Really? Yeah. That was why he fell. Yeah, there was the rumor of that, and then they take him, and Dr. Z, in his final oh, year as a yeah. draft analyst for ESPN, says on the air, well, clearly the who, Dolphins don't understand Stan, what the draft is all about. Right. <laughs> and and, and uh, I think he said, who's going to coach him there? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. The, the next year, Mel Kiper was analyzing the draft for ESPN, not yeah, Doctor Z. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, no, no one wants that kind of negativity. Not on draft night. Um, I'm, I'm holding uh, to the side. Uh, what was the story you said you wanted to get to? Oh yeah, the Vince McMahon Oliver Luck thing. While yeah. we're on the NFL draft, let's focus on that. So, all these GMs and coaches are now tweeting out pictures of their makeshift war rooms. And the mock draft apparently on Monday had some glitches to it. How smoothly do you think Thursday will go? Well, there's this thing called a telephone. (laughs) And I know it hasn't been used in a long time, but uh, some people actually have hard lines in their house. I know you'd have to ask your dad what that is. (laughs) I I have one of those. Right. And, And let me tell you something. The first draft I remember going to, was 1990 at the Marriott Marquis. And I walked in the room and at the front of the room, there was a group of tables and on the table was a helmet phone for each team, an actual helmet phone, right? uh, Cheesy, fake plastic ass helmet phone. Got it. Yeah. Right. And so the person on the other end of that would answer the telephone from the team headquarters and the person at the team headquarters would say who they wanted to pick. That person would write it down on an index card and hand it to someone who would hand it to Paul Tagliabue, who would read the pick. Somehow it worked. Somehow guys got drafted. <laughs> I don't know how. But, and there were 12 rounds there. And, and, and nobody 
he said, oh, my God, the damn telephone failed. We couldn't get a pick in. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sort of laughing at it, and I'm thinking to myself, man, there's so many elaborate setups, it's almost just inviting a chance to screw it up. Yeah. You yeah, know, like the more telephone. complicated you have it, the, the more that things could go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I say that the backup is the phone. If all else fails, call in the pick. Right. That would be another thing to do. Uh, do you know that, uh, speaking of uh, Casserly, uh, Boomer uh, and Geo did a funny send-up on Casserly? Charlie Casserly? Yeah. Say? Yeah, I'm going to play it for you right here. This is about how, you know, the, 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 this year's draft, if, you know, you got to kind of go more old school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here, was their, here was their fake Casserly. I don't know who did this on their show, but I thought it was pretty good. Charlie Casserly was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday. He says, you know what? For me, this is more like yesteryear. You saw the when player. I broke into the league. It was 1892. <laughs> That's what we did. We didn't even see these players. I would ride my horse into town, and I'd pick a name off a piece of paper that was nailed to the saloon. <laughs> Jed sounded a like a tough guy. Randy, not so much. So I picked Jed. Jed. I put him on the back of the horse, and away we would go. These guys with their fancy schmance combine, get out of here. Listen to me and write this down. Oh, guys, pretty good, that's right? Pretty good. That's very good. Who's doing that? Is that Geo that's doing? I think it is. I think it is Geo. Yeah. yeah that's good. That's uh, good. Well, you know, but it also points to the whole lack of sophistication. Once upon a time. Yeah. Well, I, I've told you the, the the story of guys going to the draft with copies of Street and Smith. I know. Look, look up names and and the and the and Gil Brandt was so far ahead of everybody else because they were using a computer with the Cowboys. But, you know, that was uh, – he was an outlier. Mo- most teams were just, you know, picking on what the scouts had told them and they'd, they'd call in the pick. I forget who I talked to, interviewed, who said – who reminded me the draft used to be before the NFL season was over. Well, that was partly due to the AFL. So I don't – prior to the AFL, I'm not sure, but there was a – there's an arms race. You know, they wanted to beat the AFL. Well, so. but it was also because the college season was over basically in Jan- in December. Right. Well, you had teams playing on New Year's Day in the bowl games, but there weren't that many of them. And There, there was uh, like, what, six bowl games back in the 60s? I think New Year's Day had four, and then there were a couple more, like the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, I remember, and a couple of others. But yeah, there, there were there were no more than a dozen bowls uh, back, you know, before like the uh, late eighties. Uh, nine bowl games in nineteen sixty. Okay, you want to yeah. go ahead, here for for right, well, five bucks, Andy? I want you to pitch, see if you can get them all. Well, I, I know I can't get them all, but the well, New Year's Day bowl. You don't gonna get cotton. five bucks then? So try, right, okay. try cotton, cotton bowl. Ding, Rose bowl, ding, orange bowl, ding, sugar bowl, ding. There's four. You're halfway okay. home. Now, 19th Gator Bowl, ding. Okay, so I need four more. Um, 19, but there were some 1961. of these bowls that came and went, like the like the the Boardwalk Bowl. Ah. <laughs> no, I mean uh, think no, fruit, I, think fruit, think uh, Florida fruit, not orange. Huh? Citrus? No, the Tangerine Bowl. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I think Maryland may have played in that. What uh, else? Think a dairy product like a butter. Um, it, it involves uh, a woman's hat. 
blue uh, bonnet. Well, yeah, that's what I said. The, 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 it was, it you said blue bonnet? Astro- okay. Well, no, but wait a minute. 1961, it wouldn't have become the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl because the Astrodome wasn't built until 65. So they must have been playing at Rice Stadium, and they moved it to the Astrodome okay. and renamed yeah, it Houston. the Astro Blue Bonnet. Yes, yeah. it was at Houston. All right. And then uh, th- I'll give you the city, Philadelphia, for this bowl oh. game. See, I, I don't remember. A What's the most iconic thing in Liberty Bell? Liberty, Liberty Ding! Bell. And finally, this bowl was in El Paso, Texas. Sun Bowl. Ding! Go there you go, fun. Andy. Wow. You that? got all nine. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Right. Well, anyway, the uh, the draft will be Thursday. I'm fine with the Redskins taking Chase Young. I realize that we've already played ourselves into this spot because. You know, not only are they committed to Haskins because of the owner, but the new coach has committed himself to a backup in Kyle Allen. So we've yep. got no leverage to f- pump fake somebody into giving us a lot of picks to come take Tua. So it's not going to yeah. happen. Chase Young. No. Yeah, Chase Young is the guy. And uh, did you want to throw in Vince McMahon or not? I do want to throw him in. Uh, are you okay. rushing out the door on me? We're oh, at no, 21 minutes. No, I'm not rushing. No, no, I got it. Like you were giving me the rack. No, 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 no. Like Ed Sullivan with Jackie Mason. No, no, that's when Jackie Mason supposedly gave him the finger. I know, but that's an old story. No, so here, here's the thing: if the Redskins take Chase Young, this would be pretty sick on paper. The Redskins will have five first rounders on the defensive front, the front four plus an extra guy. First round pick Ryan Kerrigan, who has been very productive, but he's already been in the league for almost ten years. Along with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, two absolute monsters from Alabama, with Montez Sweat, who they spent their second rounder this year to move up into the first rounder last year to get him. Right. So he's a first rounder that hopefully will come on this year. And then Chase Young, bruh, bruh, yeah. Well, you know who bruh. else has that? You know, who? you know, San Francisco. Oh. That's 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 what they've done. <laughs> okay. So that's pretty good formula. Yeah, and, and did, did Nick Bosa help them this year? Yes, he did. He did. You know. he did. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it on Thursday. There's actually some good rewatchable drafts that are running on ESPN now because a lot of weird things happen that you'll watch and go, hmm, they were saying that about that guy, and they had no idea what he would turn out to be. Like, they're rerunning the Johnny Manziel draft of 2012, yeah. and I can't wait to watch it to see what Gruden was saying about Johnny Manziel because he really liked Johnny Manziel. And he was like, he's fallen, man. I can't believe it. Finally goes to the Browns. They're going to replay the 2017 draft that saw Deshaun Watson taken 12th and the Chiefs moving up to get Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, shrewd. Yeah, smart move. All right, uh, Vince McMahon is being sued by Oliver Luck in the wake of the XFL's folding, claiming mm-hmm. wrongful termination. Your thoughts on this? Well, what what got me was was what he was due. He they twenty to twenty five million dollars to to be wow. the commissioner of this league. Now I know Roger Goodell makes forty million, but that's that's, that's small potatoes, and you're never going to get it. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, but uh, I, I you know Oliver Luck is a guy who had real credentials. He was a former athletic director. He ran a previous league, the World League of American Football. He was a higher up in the NCAA. And he goes to work for Vince McMahon, and you say, mm, I don't know, that's, that seems a little odd. Well, now the money explains it. But uh, McMahon told everybody that he had enough money to go for three years. Now, obviously, the pandemic changes the forecast as to what's going to happen. And if they come back and play in the spring, there's a possibility that they're going up against college football and all that. 
but it, it really surprised me how much money he was going to be paid and now is going to have to try and sue for it, which I don't know how well that's going to go since the league has declared bankruptcy. But that that was really stunning to me. Yeah. Well, you get in bed with Vince McMahon. Yep. Watch out, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that's the whole, that's the lesson. It's because, and that's what it is. The, the money is an elixir. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we could work together. That, that actually might work out. Yeah. <laughs> and, ha- has, uh, has this killed spring football for the rest of our lives? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little early to say that. I mean, look at, look at the number of spring leagues that we've had, uh, going back to the one I remember was the world world football league 1974 that lasted a season and a half right and the usfl actually did well i thought uh you know until they they tried to have a merger with the nfl no i understand Um, all that but andy you got to look at the bottom of the ocean here the shipwrecks are starting to pile up on top of each other for spring football and i'm trying to look ahead to who's the next idiot idiot who's the next dreamer that is going to want to put a lot of money into something that has been alternatively rejected by fans or flat out cursed by bad luck known as spring football. Yeah. Well, I think we'll have to look at what the entire sports landscape looks like in two years. I'm assuming we're going to have a vaccine by then. I'm assuming that crowds will be back. Mm -hmm. Uh, TV will be healthy, maybe healthier because mm-hmm. people are getting used to staying home more and watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to predict. Is, are we still going to be, you know, pulling our way out of this or are we going to be, you know, back to where we were three months ago and somebody says, Hey, you know, there's money to be made out there, Jed, you know, move away from there and <laughs> yeah. get in there. So I don't know. All right. Last dance. Go ahead. I've been asking everybody this week on the podcast, their thoughts on it. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was surprisingly great. I, I thought it would be good. <laughs> I didn't God. think it would be that good. I, I know the story. Um, I know, you know, what went on with Jerry Krause. But the way they did it was was really, really good. And and I think that, uh, you know, to, for me to be all in at, at 11 o'clock at night when I wake up at 3.30 in the morning was, was, was a testament to how, to how good it was. And I think Jordan... In a way, we've never seen him before. You know, dropping an F. Have you ever seen Jordan drop an F bomb? He's got no, a pretty, no. Pretty, uh, you know, cultivated uh, image there. And I thought that uh, that that showed you a side of him that was that was really uh, remarkable. I, I I think it was really well done. Did uh, did you compare notes with your son? And did he watch it? Yeah, he did. I mean, he's so this this was the '98 season, '97, '98. How old was so he? How old he was he then? Seven. He he watched Jordan. I remember watching games with Jordan with him. But seven years old, it's hard to remember seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 liked it, and he he's he's into documentaries like I am. But that's not quite his wheelhouse, you know. That his his generation is more Kobe. I think more, more that, that generation. My two big takeaways, one was about basketball. One was about life. The basketball takeaway was just how utterly biased the league was towards mastodons back in the day that Rod Thorne would have to publicly apologize that Jordan wasn't seven one and to have Clyde Frazier run his mouth like, well, he's only six, six. He's not going to take over just Mm -hmm. reinforces the state of the league at the time. Oh, no question. Let me tell you something. I, I covered Jordan's first game in Washington, so that would have been the fall of 1984. Kevin Lockery was the coach, 
And I remember going in the locker room and, and, and he'd only been in the league a couple of months, but everybody mm-hmm. was buzzing, buzzing about him. And, and they said, Oh, he's the next Dr. J and, and Lockery was like, look, uh, he's not going to lead us to a championship. We're still going to have to get a big man to do that. And he, and he said, I don't really liken him to Dr. J. I think he's more like Jerry West. <laughs> and, and, you know, West was a great player. But, but not anything but not, like that. Not the, not the transitional, transformational yeah. player that Jordan was. And and the most competitive guy that, that maybe has ever lived. I mean, it, it's, it, it's just remarkable. Somebody said one of the lines in there, two, two lines really got me. One was he might be the most accomplished employee ever. Nobody's ever done his job better as an employee than Jordan. And then the little sound bite that they had of Bobby Knight, this is before Jordan ever played an NBA game. Bobby Knight was coaching him in the Olympics and he said, this is the best basketball player I've ever seen. Now of, of, of people who are not prone to hyperbole, I would put, I would put Bob Knight at number one. I agree. And, I agree. and, and, to, and to have him say that was really, I mean, right. think about that. Right. And he said it matter of factly, yeah, emphatically, yeah. and reiterated it multiple different ways. Right. Right. If, if, if it's now, it's on Twitter and people are going, oh, Knight's crazy. Knight's <laughs> lost his mind. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the other big takeaway, and it's a life takeaway, is that here's Jordan having put five championship trophies in the case for Jerry Reinsdorf. And he is having to defend his coach, Phil Jackson with the championship hat from number five on his head. Yeah. Stunning yeah. that yeah, begging, there would be... for another year. Right. Begging, can, can we try and do this again? And I, I, I still can't understand. Now, I know Reinsdorf hired Kraus, but at some point he needed to say to himself, Jerry, what are we doing here? We, we, we could be running the greatest dynasty ever, and you want to break it up because you want to put your fishing buddy, who's a college coach, ahead of Phil Jackson? What right. are you thinking here? Right. So the fact that he was still not appreciated, that his coach was hanging on by a thread, his wingman, Scottie Pippen, was acting like a total dickbag at that point in his career. That you've got personalities like Dennis Rodman saying he needs a vacation in the middle of the season, <laughs> yeah. which is going to be shown this coming weekend. I saw the clip of it. Yeah. Um, it. But guess what? Jordan dealt with it all. He yeah. dealt with it all without getting too upset about it, without lashing out, without trying to pull a power play himself. He dealt with it. He navigated around it because he wanted to win. And he put it aside like, I can't believe these fuckers don't don't appreciate me. I can't believe I got to do this, this, and this. He's like, all right, well, shit, I got to carry the team early on. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to do because I'm about basketball. That's a great lesson in life because every organization, every business has fucked up things about it. Unpleasant people, unappreciative bosses. You got to just navigate around, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I also think he, he understood what Rodman was all about. So like, like when he bought the house... He knew the plumbing was bad. I mean, he knew he knew there were certain things about it, but he also knew that when you needed him to get the rebound and when you needed him in the playoffs, he was going to post, and that's what happened. Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. It really the warm and fuzzies kind of washed over me with the old school legends, Bird and Magic and James Worthy talking about Jordan and just the the vintage highlights man it was yeah. it's fun because lebron came in as a known entity you and i did that 
Comcast thing yeah, where we watched yeah. him play a high school game, and nobody had any doubt he was going to be awesome. Jordan was still shrouded in a, well, we'll see about it. And within a month, he was the talk of the league. Oh, awesome. no question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Andy, always good to talk to you. Enjoy the draft on Thursday night. We'll talk in uh, next week. Guys, right, take care. See ya. We'll end on this today. The Scripps National Spelling Bee has been canceled. Canceled for the first time. Not going to happen in 2020. First time since World War II. Two things. First of all, it's a shame it had to be canceled. It was scheduled for late May in the D.C. area. And they realized, "Mm, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But then they said, we saw no path forward to hosting the event this year. And I, I, God, I hate that. I know that the summers get busy. Some of these kids are going off to college, and you don't know. If you can't set a firm date now, which we can't, as to, okay, July is going to be solid, let's book it, or August is going to be solid, let's book it, then I understand that it's hard to reschedule. But uh, to me, canceling stuff feels like giving up. And I know you're going to say, but didn't you cancel or postpone your Scotland trip? I did, and it does feel like a give up. But faced with the prospect of perhaps having to fly in July uh, on who knows what air routes, who knows if our flights will even be running, who knows if we're going to be required to quarantine, uh, what if the golf courses are open but the pubs are not? I mean, I'm not going to St. Andrews and not having a pint at Dunvegan's off of the 18th green. That's just pointless. So I hate canceling. It feels like quitting. But I guess I understand. The other thing is... (laughs) Cancel. How do you spell it? The the spelling bee has been canceled. Past tense. Apparently, you can spell it both ways. I saw it spelled canceled with one L, and I thought, oh my God, in the announcement, they they misspelled a word. (laughs) Isn't that ironic? And then I looked it up, and they're like, no, canceled with one L is the more Americanized way of spelling it, but the British sort of syntax is is with two L's. So it literally might be a case where you can spell it both ways. Has anyone ever been asked, how do you spell canceled in the Scripps National Spelling Bee? I don't know. But pour one out for the sweet little spelling nerds who have been denied their chance to shine this year. All right, that's enough for today. Thanks for listening. Remember to download the ZabeCast app. It collects collects all these episodes in one place. It allows you to subscribe to Friday's edition through the app. It is not free, but it's cheap, 16 cents a day. That way you get more of me every single week. Rate and review so our algorithmic overlords bless our podcast and tell a friend who just likes good things in their ears. And no, that's not a weird reference. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow.